Giants season. Join us this October 1st through 3rd for our first annual Fight, Laugh, Feast conference. We are bringing a mix of beer and psalms, fellowship and food, and speakers who have been deplatformed by the evangelical elite and occasionally end up in Facebook jail. Step out of the boring, benign Christian conference circuit and step into the rowdy Christian world of engaging culture while standing firmly on God's word. Most conferences will lull your faith to sleep and teach you how to obey the 11th commandment, but our people, our culture, our country needs the high-octane gospel that applies to every area of our lives. So join us in Nashville as we fight, laugh, and feast together. Sign up now at fightlaughfeast.com, and we look forward to seeing you in Nashville October 1st through 3rd as we build a rowdy Christian culture for God's glory and our good. You know we at war with your gods, y'all. The flesh in the world gotta die. Oh, oh, hey. Oh. I need a lighter right now. Oh. Welcome to Cross Politic. Oh. I want to burn something. If you don't know who this is, this is my brother. <laughs> this is my bro. Not just his brother in Christ. Like my bro, bro. His brother. My older brother. From Texas. Ooh. Psalm 2 in there? Oh, Black man. Swan? I like Black Swan. That's really I need good. everybody to go out right now. Oh, it's on iTunes. Go buy it. Go buy it. Don't, go buy don't it. get it on a stream device. No. Don't get it on a stream device. Support go buy it. it. Go buy it. You want the rest of that album. And then go yeah. to YouTube. Where's the rest of that and album? Share it. Yeah. That's so good. Woo. That's so good. Start a okay, fire. Y'all. We got we got to move on. Aaron Red. So we got to talk about Can we just say where that song came from? Where? No quarter November. No, no, no quarter November. No, Boy, don't you want some no quarter November right now? Start a fire. Start yes. a fire. Go Aaron Wrench. That's so good. All right, we got to get back to I guess our show. <laughs> okay. That's a good jam. If I'm, we must. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. <laughs> Uh, hey guys, make sure you guys share the show while you're while you're at it right now, uh, and and make sure you download our app. Uh, we actually live stream our show on our app now, and you can simulcast it on your TV and everything. That's right, and and that's our place to to really go. Babylon B got canceled on Twitter last week. You, you got to we got to we got to figure out our own platform. They came back with some vengeance too. Uh, lastly, man, we got some really cool announcements happening. First at, of all, have you registered for the conference? Yeah, we got to wow. Yeah, because if you haven't registered for the conference, these announcements mean nothing. But you. maybe Nothing. you've been sitting on the fence thinking, I don't know, it sounds pretty mm-hmm. awesome. I want to go. I want to go hang. I want to sing some psalms. I want to sing some psalms. I want to I I get outside. Mm-hmm. I want to yeah. I want to meet with like-minded believers. And you know Douglas Wilson's going to be there. You know Glenn Sunshine's going to be there. George Grant's going to be Rod there. Martin Rod is gonna Martin is going to be there. You know we're going to be there. Woo! And you know a bunch of other people from the network are going to be there. That's right. Yep. And you know what else? Jeff Durbin's gonna be there. Oh, he's what? speaking. Jeff Durbin, Jeff Durbin is Apologia. speaking. Oh, we said it was gonna be rowdy. Luke Pearson's gonna be there. Marcus Pittman's I gonna mean, be there. What did you think we meant? Yeah, the Apologia crew. We're excited, excited to have Jeff. This. Jeff is now a speaker. He's speaking on. Oh, we haven't told him yet. <laughs> so Jeff, <laughs> hey, Jeff, Jeff, just so you know, title. this is what you're gonna be speaking this on. This is what happens when Gabe is doing the <laughs> organizing. I need an intern. All right, ready? You ready? Write this down, Jeff. You ready? Okay. How Van Til would destroy BLM and LGBT and end abortion. Ooh. Write it down. Write that's, it down. That's what Jeff, that's what you're Thanks, speaking Jeff. about, Jeff. We, we love you, Jeff. We'll see you there. I'll text you later. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm canceled. <laughs> He's like, I'm out of here. Yeah. Hey, this show's brought to you by Classical Conversations, which supports homeschooling parents by cultivating the love of learning mm. through a Christian worldview and fellowship with other families. They provide a classical, Christ-centered curriculum, local like-minded communities across the United States. There's thousands of them in several countries around the world. And what they try to do is – what their aim is to train parents – to teach their kids. Yeah. It's actually, it's, that's their model. Yeah. And they're striving to, to get great classical educators in the home through training parents and giving you the tools to teach your kids. For more information and get connected, please visit their website at classicalconversations.com. Classical Christian, get connected, get community. They're so important. They're one of the last few places that we actually have freedom is inside of education. Right. If we're going to talk about freedom, right. the first place right. we need to start is right where we have those that's freedoms right. in education. It's, just like the, it's like the great plexit. You know? <laughs> Getting out of the public, public school. Public school. I love that. Right? I love it. Plex, Plex it. it. Plex I love it. it. There yep. you go. Hashtag. Hey, before we move on, really quickly, want to let you all know we did a special show with C.R. Wiley and Gary DeMar. Oh, yeah. oh my goodness. And, um, for, for Grace Agenda. Uh, yeah. They were here over the Grace Agenda weekend. We had a great little conversation here in the studio. And 
We're going to upload it to the, the member portal. So tomorrow you will have it. Is that, is that you what will have it okay. Monday morning. Okay, so um, if you're a member, you, you check it out Monday morning. Yep. There's a special show there. We just did a little roundtable so discussion good. with C.R. Wiley and Gary DeMar. Um, if you're not a member yet, hey, maybe you want to sign up. And also, mm-hmm. of course, if you become a member, you not only do you get a free T-shirt, but you get $100 off at your registration for the conference. Oh. So maybe you ought to just, you're, you're losing money. Just do it you're now. just losing money. Yeah, pretty much. You know, you're I love I love bringing Gary Demar and Cr Wiley together. It's like this this post mill blue collar scholar kind of uh, you know <laughs> show. It's a, it a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> blue collar scholar. You like that? Here we go. Hey, if you guys don't know this last week, you do know because you've been watching Cross Politic all week. Oh man, on replay. Thank you. You've been waiting. Thank you. You're like, all right, guys. What do I? What am I supposed to do with this DNC? Exactly. The Democratic National Convention has been going on this last week, and we got video clips. Actually, we're gonna go, we're gonna start with day three, and then we'll move on to day four. But here, uh, 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 former President Barack Obama kicks it off for us. Do not let them take away your power. Power. Do not let them take away your democracy. Democracy. We are going to bring those words in our founding documents to life. Ooh. Oh, he referenced. He's, what founding documents? He, he's, he's talking about what they've been doing in Minneapolis, right? Is the Constitution of Marx? What is it? I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, or, or is he talking about Chaz? He's talking about Chaz, Probably right? Chaz. Their founding documents? Or, 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 Chaz's founding documents? I mean, <laughs> what, what are you building? Mm. What are you building exactly? Portland? Really? That's what you're going to do? Well, here's, here's Power? What, democracy? Yeah. And, but, but if you've been watching the whole Democratic National Convention, and they've been doing this actually for a while is they're constantly trying to maintain a narrative that I don't that is not true. No. It's full of lies. No. Full of and, and here he is like all of a sudden trying to, you know, claim some sort of connection to the constitution, right. our founding documents. Yeah, Obama is is not an originalist. No, no. not at all. He, he what he what he, he's he just ta- he just it's it's like um uh, what's the thing when you chop up something you cut it into little pieces? Um you know what I'm talking about? like it's Rob art, Bell. It's like an art <laughs> It's an art form, you know, origami. Yeah, it was origami. It's like origami. He said Rabel. You know, but that's all it is. It's yeah. just cut and paste. Yeah. You mm. just cut out the pieces that you want. And all it is is it's it's um it's scratch and sniff yeah. constitutionalism. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I mm-hmm. it's, it's just I'm just grabbing little things that'll make you feel warm in your heart. And actually yeah. he learned that from uh Christians. Mm. Joe and Kamala can win by three million votes and still lose. Take it from me. So we need numbers overwhelming so Trump can't sneak or steal his way to victory. Yeah, that's this is the whole post office thing, you guys. You've been following this. I mean, this is all a setup. Like they, they're oh, trying yeah. to set this up yeah. so that if it doesn't go right, they he can, stole it. They're he gonna stole it. Fi- they're gonna yeah. fit. And and you they're know what? The, the Trump is too. Oh yeah. Trump is too. He's like, you know, the only way that I lose is if they steal this yeah. election. And, but it's it's and it's that's why it's. I mean, it's but scary. Let's, let's look at the facts for a second. Uh, yeah. Who who has more right to complain about something being stolen from them, Trump or her? Because I believe she was part of a little collusion thing happening about spying on Trump. Okay, the, the Democratic Party paid for. Hold on to that. The I'm dossier files. The Russian dossier yeah. files. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about that more. We're gonna get to Biden in a second. All right. What else do you guys say? It's wrong that billionaires got $400 billion richer during the pandemic while millions lost their $600 a week in extra unemployment. Oh. Vote for the parents and teachers oh. struggling to balance children's education and safety and for health care workers fighting COVID-19 with little help from the White House. Mm. Vote for paid family leave and health care for everyone, oh. for Social Security, Medicare, and Planned Parenthood. Oh, okay. Vote for dreamers and their families. Vote for law enforcement purged of racial bias that keeps all purged. our streets safe. Vote for justice for George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Arbery because black lives matter. <sighs> they get away with this. First of all, she says at the very beginning of all this, she said, you know, all these people, billionaires, have made more money off this. And she said that was wrong. I, I believe. I believe. I think that's like the 13th the commandment. Eight I don't know. out of 10 most richest billionaires in the U.S. are all Democrats. The big black you're talk, bug. You're talking about Jeff Bezos, yeah. Mark Zuckerberg, Bill Gates. You know, Bill Gates. I mean, all these guys are billionaires, and they're they're the one. They they've made a lot of money off this. They absolutely have because yeah. everything went online, right? And the guy in the small factory couldn't make any money Got because crushed. Yeah, the big black bug bit the big black bear, and the big black bug 
made the big black bear bleed Biden. <laughs> Wait, what? That's her logic. <laughs> She just threw everything. You can't. You're yeah. talking about pro-life. Yeah. You're talking about, yeah, yeah. Pro, no, no, you're yeah, about yeah, social yeah. security. Every, Vote for Planned Parenthood because black lives matter. T in Texas on a Tuesday. How, how are you going to talk about? How are you going to police in there? What is it? I mean, this is just, I mean, but it works. Yeah, it, yeah. Purged of all injustice. That, 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 that's, what? How are you uh, going to do that? Okay, so so day four okay. happens, and now let's get into... Well, you know, Biden, He so he accepts the nomination yep. and gave his speech last night. This will determine what America is going to look like for a long, long time. Character is on the ballot. Compassion is on the ballot. Decency, science, democracy, they're all on the ballot. Oh. Who we are as a nation, what we stand for, and most importantly... Who we want to be, that's all on the ballot. And the choice could not be more clear. Oh. So, so you got to understand, the shtick oh. that the Democrats are going to be running with is Joe Biden is the nice guy. He's, he's kind of the dead nice guy, but that's, but that's the no, stick. You know, it's, it's that, every, nice everyone guy. in their talks well, referenced Biden and said, hey, you know, every, we've talked a lot about – we've all told stories about how Biden's did this for you, did this for me, when he called me late at night, when my mom died, that kind of stuff. So they're running this nice guy stick. Yeah, like, like, like with Tara Reid. Yeah, yeah, or Planned Parenthood. You know, it's like, I mean, we, we can point out all the all the stuff, but they're putting this facade over him like he's Mr. Yeah, nice Guy. Of course. Trump's not. Yeah, right. well, yeah, and I would even say the, defining nice guy would be like he understands your individual problems. Right. So if you've cut your foot before, Joe's cut his foot. Yeah. Have you ever walked into a wall and stubbed your toe? Joe, Joe stubbed his toe. Have you toe. ever been in a swimming pool and a bunch of black kids have been rubbing the hair on your legs? <laughs> Joe, Joe's done, Joe's had Joe's that done too. that. He's absolutely done that. So, oh, no. And, and, and so, he, again, we talked about this on Wednesday. He, they are pushing this paternal feel that you yeah. need a father. Yeah. And yeah. Joe, he's yeah. really your dad. Yeah. He's yeah. your dad. Well, there's a bunch of stuff in this, though. That I, so, he, you know, all this is on the ballot. Science is on the ballot. Right. Yeah. Compassion is on the ballot. Virtue is on the ballot. I can't remember all the other things he mentions on the ballot. It's, it's like, okay, there's there's a few levels here. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, first off, it's like, well, let's go down the list. I mean, y'all are pushing. A, just go for science. I mean, you you've been we've been completely um, flattened by a completely anti-science COVID panic. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean. He and then he's in a minute. He's going to talk about you know wanting to mask everybody and unmuzzle the scientists, brother. We we've been we've been everybody's gotten muzzled. Yeah. Well, and, of course and, they're they're uh, pushing transgender um, ideology. Well, there's that side and, too. Know, but I'm just saying, yeah. just on the facts, just on yeah. the COVID thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is absolutely insane. What's been foisted upon us? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Our, our grandparents would be ashamed of us. Are ashamed of us. They. You know. Like Probably. what what. But here's the other thing. So that's the first level. And you say, like, okay, science, virtue, whatever. I mean, I don't know. You're the party that supports Planned Parenthood. You're the, the party yeah, that supports yeah. the slaughter of the unborn, foisting uh, transgender surgeries. On, I mean, and if there's anybody with a history of racism, why wouldn't you use Planned Parenthood? Yeah, and, 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 when, and what yeah, about Tara right. Reid? And what about right. yeah. all the rest of it? It's like, okay. I mean, there's an open question there, honestly, mm-hmm. if, if that's at the ballot, if that's on the ballot, those things. Right. But here's the other thing. There's, there's a not-so-subtle statism being assumed in all this that I think a bunch of Christians just go walk right into. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. So, so there's oh, a lot right. of Christians who are conservative that are watching the show, that are listening to the show, and they're like, yeah, right, Joe. That's why I'm voting for Trump. Yeah. Because yeah. at least, you know, he goes to the pro-life rallies. At, you know, at least he's got a, 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 a little bit of sanity left in, in morality. Well, here's the thing. There's a, there's a sense in which that's all wrong, though. That's right. Okay? You, you don't choose your morality by your vote on November 6th. Mm-hmm. No. Now, does, do our votes reflect who we are as a nation? Yes. Right. But that's, no, that's not, not where it happens. If, you, if, if you're going to do anything to, to decide who you are as a person, it has to do with what you do every Sunday. That's right. Where do you go every Sunday? Yep. Who are you, who's your God? Because yep, what he is right. insinuating, exactly right. and what I actually think Trump doesn't disagree with him on, here's the, they're not much different on this case, is they both think that everything hinges on November 6th. Yep. But it doesn't. November 3rd. November what? 3rd. 
Oh, they're doing it on my birthday. How, how, how nice of them. Let's see what kind of birthday present you yeah, get. Yeah, see what kind of birthday present Here's I Joe get. Biden. Whatever. It's because that's when you should be voting for me locally here, all right? Okay. Just say so you no, know, Toby. All right. don't, don't forget Happy that birthday date. to me. But, but Christians need to see through this, okay? Right. Uh, it was on the song that Aaron was singing at the beginning. Yeah. Okay, kiss the sun. Yeah, yeah. That's, okay? right. that's right. That's what matters. That's that's what decides the fate of a nation. And, and lest he be angry. Right? Don't the, forget the follow-up the there. The deal is, right. is, are your hearts humble before the king? Right. And then he will bless. Are we going to fear him? Are we going to obey him? Are we not going to fear man? That's the fundamental divide. That's right. And and Trump and Biden both basically are statists. Right. Trump's right. slightly more friendly to us. We talked about this on Wednesday. But it's <laughs> but, but you need to see that. And yeah. and I'm you know I'm probably going to vote for Trump. I don't, it doesn't really matter in Idaho. Idaho's going to vote for him. Yeah, it might. Idaho's going to vote for him. So he keeps going on. I think his speech maybe gets a little better. Just a week ago, yesterday. <laughs> was the third anniversary of the events in Charlottesville. Oh. Close your eyes. Remember what you saw on television. Remember seeing those neo-Nazis and Klansmen and white supremacists coming out of fields with lighted torches, oh. veins bulging, spewing the same, same anti-Semitic bile heard across Europe in the 30s. Remember the violent clash that ensued between those spreading hate and those with the courage to stand against it. And remember what the president said when asked? He said there were, quote, very fine people on both sides. It was a wake-up call for us as a country. Oh. Again, uh, Biden's nice guy. Trump's racist. You know, for, forget what Planned Parenthood means. The Democrats, none of the story, none of the narrative, all the narrative that they're th- trying to throw on the Republicans yeah. sticks to them. I don't know. I think you should ask Kamala Harris. Who had a few things to say to Biden at the at the debate? Yeah, <laughs> okay. I, thought, I thought he was talking about himself for a second. Let's pick up this clip on the third segment. Okay, okay. I want to okay. talk about this yeah. a little more. But okay. right now, let's get ready for Major Williams, who's running for governor of California. And major, ooh, major, major. They, they they need a governor. More cross politics coming up next. Americans have been traveling down the health insurance highway for decades, but lately, it's been taking us to places we don't want to go. For Christians, it's hard to know which road to take. Or is it? Samaritan Ministries provides a different direction, a biblical path for their members to pray for each other and share financially in each other's medical needs. This idea that Samaritan has adopted from the book of Acts should permeate all parts of our lives, not just health sharing. We, as a body of believers, are living out New Testament Christianity. This is what God intended for the church. Do you believe that you need an insurance company or do you believe that God will provide your needs? And there are people that you've never met before who are going to pray for you and meet your needs. There's another way. Looking for a new direction for your health care? Visit us online at SamaritanMinistries.org. Do that for this guy because think, you know why? I think you do that. You know why? When our no, when why? our guests are from Texas, you do That's that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Major's <laughs> from Texas. That's right. Uh, I was trying to keep that a secret. Hey, welcome back to Cross Politic on the one and only Fight Laugh Feast Network. Thank you for joining us. Uh, this segment is brought to you by uh, uh, Coffee. Uh, the cross, Fight Laugh Feast Conference. Cross Politic Coffee. I don't know. Yeah, and the conference. Hey, we're grateful to have with us on the line right now Major Williams, who was born and raised in Texas, Dallas, Promised Texas. Land. Dallas, yes, sir. Uh, we heard it the first time. In 96, yeah. he attended Trinity Valley Community College, where he studied communications and media. He later transferred to Louisiana Tech. A few years after that, Cajun he attended Land. Eastfield College, where he concluded his college basketball career. So, you know, hey, you know what? I got recruited by Eastfield for basketball when I was in, when I was in high school. I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. I'm okay. trying to Damn, back in the right. I'm sorry. Can, right. can you get it all out now? Okay, no, I just... I just, Anything else you're going to do? Are you, are I, feel like, I feel like you're introducing me, too, at the same oh, time. Oh, no. <laughs> Not the movie. Oh, just, no. Okay. Anyway. In 2001, Major moved to California where he met his wife, Asia. They have Kylo, Lord, and York as their children. Hey, hey, hey. Major, are those kids baptized? <laughs> yes, they are. Oh! oh! Hey, boom. Are you Presbyterian? <laughs> 
No. <laughs> that's okay. We'll work on that. That's, that's, that's later. He, he and his uh, wife work uh, hard on um, a, a program called Major Kicks for Kids. It's a nonprofit uh, <laughs> gifting platform. Uh, they work tirelessly to build um, build the goal of helping economic disadvantaged kids uh, succeed in life. Uh, and in 2018, he shifted his focus to run for mayor of Pasadena, California. Mm. Um, Rose Bowl. Didn't, didn't hit that goal, but is now running for governor of California in 2018. 22. Mr. Williams, thank you for joining us on Cross Politic. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it, man. I really appreciate it. We are here working hard and gaining momentum. And, uh, you know, I found out something very unique is that when you share your truth in regards to what you represent and what you're about, uh, oddly enough, through social media, you get an opportunity to see so many other people uh, are like minded, mm-hmm. and you know, and to get behind you. So we're we're grateful for the for the uh, momentum that has come from me announcing 51 days ago. Yeah. Wow! Get what? get around those gatekeepers, man. Uh, so uh, <laughs> DNC just finished uh, their convention this last week. Did you catch B- Biden's acceptance speech? And what's your take on that? Well. I haven't watched a circus in a good while, so I mean, every time I <laughs> the, co- the COVID's got it all shut down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, I haven't. I've heard about it. I've seen certain clips from different memes and whatnot. But honestly, I just really been focused on restoring California. That's been my main goal and focus. I'd rather talk to the people of California, their issues and their frustrations, and work on solutions to handle those versus taking my time away from watching the circus show. <laughs> wow. Do you think do you think that just in general, I mean this could apply to California as much nationally, but is you know, how is the current democratic messaging going? And do you think it's actually resonating with the American people? Maybe specifically is it resonating California. with with Black America, with mm. California America? I mean, how how is their messaging going? Well, you know what? I think that there's always a divide. There's always a, a, a percentage numbers, right? Yeah. Uh, right now, a lot of Republicans, including myself, we are literally scratching our heads, trying to conceptualize how anyone is seeing this person is competent uh, to be able to lead the actual country. And so we're having those uncomfortable conversations. And, and uh, honestly, it's coming down to people just truly just not liking Donald Trump. It's not about the policies because we can we can point to positive policies that he has been uh, a part of. Uh, but they just truly, despite the face, to cut off their nose when it comes to Donald Trump. Mm. It can be over a tweet. It can be over his hair. It can be over his uh, sometimes not saying things politically correct, um, having the sharpness of a you know traditional politician. Uh, but it, it's split and it's a percentage. But we know that something is happening under underneath everything. There is a silent majority and everyone yep. here. Uh, especially California are truly frustrated, which is why even, you know, I'm running because I truly feel like I'm going to win. And there's a huge opportunity because for the first time in California, we've universally aligned on something. And that's that we all understand that Gavin Newsom has mismanaged uh, this state affairs Mm -hmm. during this pandemic, during this pandemic, during this uh, Mm so-called extended overreaching emergency here in California. Mm -hmm. Um, As I understand it, yeah, as I understand it, major, um, are, are you uh, kind of a recent convert to, to republicanism? Were you a Democrat growing up? Oh, absolutely. I, I was a de- uh, Democrat by default, but never politically active. I've been involved in politics the last five years. <clears throat> the first uh, instance that I got uh, involved in politics, I converted to a Republican because I was working on a uh, campaign for lieutenant governor, which is a good friend of mine. He ran for lieutenant governor of California. Mm-hmm. During that particular time, you know, and I tell people the story all the time, I've been knowing this guy for like nine years as a white white gentleman. And our kids play together. We, you know, do birthday parties together. And I never, we never talked politics. Mm-hmm. You know, I was never politically active at that capacity. Yeah. But once he told me he was going to run, which he's a first time candidate himself, and um, he was like, "Well, you know, major, I'm Republican." I was like, "Oh, wow! So you, you the white KKK Klansman man who hates black people, right?" <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, because, I, you know, from a from a black perspective, that's all you hear from the Democrat side. That's right. who all the Republicans are. Mm, yeah. And so we had to laugh about it. Then I went down a rabbit hole with him and others. Uh, we started 
uh, getting familiar with policy as far as myself, getting educated on policy. Mm -hmm. And once you understand what policy is and you look at the laundry list of what's for you and against you, what's against you has been on the Democrat side more so than the Republican policies that have been put in place. And so if I can see some policy that outline what uh, was detrimental to my community for decades and also having a mother that was a part of it. So now stepping outside of it more uh, politically mature, Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, my mother was on welfare for 20 years. No one, um, and she was enabled. She had a ceiling. She didn't have the zest mm. to go out there and do or she was comfortable. And that also uh, created the division of us never having a father in the house and me not knowing my dad. Wow. And, you know, so you get a chance to personally identify with some of these policies once you're educated on them. Yep. And that's one of the jobs and roles and duties that I take upon myself when I'm talking to the black community. Okay. Because they most so exist in emotion versus the actual facts and reality of policy, which is black and white, that truly affects you. And so I converted yeah. uh, three and a half, four years ago, working on that campaign, um, you know, but I was kind of like asleep, uh, you know, before that uh, right. politically. So uh, John MacArthur, he's in L.A. Uh, and he is I'm sure you're familiar with the story. He, he's he's been going back to church. His congregation has been worshiping and going back to church um, despite the governor's orders. And then um uh, a couple courts have kind of gone volleyed back and forth. One right. court was for on John MacArthur's side, the other court was against, and then the last court uh, ruled in favor of statement. John MacArthur. And there's right? a pending and there's case. pending case going on, and the county, right. uh, the county apparently is trying to sue uh, MacArthur's church for about twenty thousand dollars for going back to church. Uh, as as governor, um, how are you sorting through that? Uh, how would you sort through that in California? Well, to be honest with you, I, I see churches as essential, so it, it wouldn't even be an issue or, or at this point right now, that would be off the table. I was actually able to attend uh, Pastor John MacArthur's church probably three weeks ago, and I was able to attend the service, uh, uh, earlier service, and something uniquely happened. Uh, we were there. They had two different services. One of them were outside. Uh, and the second one was inside and outside it was flooded with people. I was like, wow, this is great. I guess we just have to, you know, deal with the confines that we're dealing with. But afterwards there was another service and there was even more people and they were going inside the church. So I <laughs> thought it was beautiful and I, I, and I thought it was great. And I got an opportunity to, to meet him. Uh, he summoned me and well, not summoned me, his daughter saw me and she took me up to his office and, he was actually in the middle of a meeting and he heard that I was out in the waiting room and he actually just, you know, summoned me with all the security to come in and have a conversation with them. Wow. But I support the churches and Pastor John McArthur 100%. And like I said, we wouldn't be having this conversation or anyone wouldn't be having this conversation. Any courts wouldn't have to be dealing with any of these uh, proceedings uh, if I was the government of California right now, because church is essential. Uh, that's why we have the uh, increase in suicide, mm. uh, domestic abuse. And when you don't have a foundation of faith rooted in your state, city, government, and in your leadership, you're going to have what you're having now, which is divisiveness, even more so chaos, and just division. And so uh, church is most definitely essential, and I will see it that way as the next governor. You know, Major, I want to know right now, kind of, how would you have handled the pandemic? Let's say, let's take us back all the way to February, and you're getting word from the CDC and WHO that you have something coming your way that could possibly kill two million people. How do you start reasoning about your state and how to govern your state at that time? Now, we know more information has come out, but if that's the information you're working right. with, what is what is your mindset and how do you plan to operate in your state if you were governor of California? That's a great question. So what I've told people in the past, initially, it was supposed to be for two weeks until we get this thing figured out and just, uh, you know, we'll be able to open things back up. But understanding that at least right at the mark of eight to nine weeks, that kind of like would have been my cutoff, because at that particular time, we started receiving real data and real numbers in regards to the mortality rate of this actual um, this pandemic or whatnot. And so for me personally, understanding like small businesses that have been uh, uh, basically cut the legs off all the small businesses like hair salons, uh, gyms, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and barbershops and things of that nature. Those particular places are taking a hard hit here in California. And for the reasonings, I can't even tell you why, because those particular places are small enough and set up to do uh, individual appointments only. So the fact that they have to be closed 100 percent versus you have strip clubs open and liquor stores open. Marijuana dispensers. Closes, 
marijuana dispensaries open, uh, I think it's mismanagement on that part. So if I was governor handling the pandemic, and I will make this disclaimer, anytime a politician is answering these type of questions, it's kind of like a cheat code, right? Because we've been through it, right? Right. And so we can say what we could have done and we would have done. And I'm not a career politician, so I always make that disclaimer. I know it's a cheat code to be able to say, I know it's a hard job. I know it's tough decisions that a governor or a leader has to make under those uh, circumstances. Right. But if I am going to chime in, I, you know, knowing the data that I know and kind of feel like I know myself under uh, stressful situations, I've been under those and made good decisions. Um, eight to nine weeks would have been the mark. And then we just have to make sure that we isolate our, our uh, elderly population safer as far as clustering them in and uh, uh, nursing homes or whatnot, I would have never made mm-hmm. that decision or never made that call. I would have created new facilities that had adequate space and gave them the resources that they needed to, to exist during this time until we actually flattened the curve uh, and, and got them all safe. Yeah, and you know, I guess the, the, the reason for asking this question, and you're right, there's always like, oh, well, we have hindsight's twenty twenty. But the, ultimately, the question really is, what are your principles and how are you going to govern in the, you know, in those, with those principles? And so I, I even, even right. thinking like, you know, the question ultimately for me comes back to, would you have suggested for people to make wise decisions or would you have tried to force them, commanded, commanded them, them to make wise decisions? I, 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 would have, I, would have suge- I would have suggested, I think that, you know, we're mature adults and we do have empathy and respect for each right. other. Overall, you have to tell us to have empathy and respect for each other. We have empathy and respect for each other, and we understand the seriousness of it. Um, you know, you, we probably spent two or three million dollars just on signs saying, you know, put on a mask. Right. No, all you have to do is tell people once or twice to put on a mask or social distance or just to be safe or what the protocols could be. And as adults, uh, we should be able to make those decisions for ourselves. Um, you, I don't know if you guys know this. Do, do, do you have any statistics on what this six feet means? <laughs> uh, social distance like where did that come from from a high school or out of new mexico like, it, yeah it's not science right it's just right. like the, the, uh, opinionated ideals on That's what right. you can structure for a protocol to let people know or scare them into like this is serious right That's right so um here's uh, uh, um uh, whenever i talk to my republican friends uh it always comes down to education because what has right. been going on, the reason why Republicans are losing the battle is because we've lost the, the public schools. The public schools are, they're, you know, discipling Democrats, they're discipling liberals and that kind of thing. And it's, and it's unavoidable when, when you have, right, it's uh, I indoctrination. mean, it's indoctrination, but I'm, and I'm saying it's unavoidable because um, when we have a socialistic public school system, that's what it is. And, and the Democrats are logically uh, pressing for a university socialistic system. It's logical. It, you know, if we, if we pay right. through K through 12, why not pay through, through college? Why not? It why makes not? sense. Yeah. Um, and so what is your solution in dealing with the indoctrination going on in public schools that is ultimately just going against the Republican grain? I think you have to have a slow burn and a patient mm. aggressiveness when it comes to that. And I use that term also <laughs> uh, a lot. Yeah. So you don't have to have- Patient aggressiveness, yeah. because you have to understand this. This is decades of stigmatism. This is decades of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just masterminding and planting those seeds. And so we have to be patient in that way. But we have to be aggressive in regards to not saying that it's over or we can't do anything. And so one of the things that we have to do, we have to figure out how to go after the teachers union, not in a you know bad way. But we need some reform in our teachers union because they are spearheading the education that's coming out that's going to our kids. Uh, that's one way. Another way is just creating new forms of systems, uh, just like, you know, everything starts with leadership. Uh, we have to be able to have an influence, uh, a person in, 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 in leadership influence some of these uh, superintendents and some of these teachers unions, the heads of these te- teachers unions, and also not be afraid to uh, create or develop a relationship with them. One of the best things about me is that um, I feel like I'm a hybrid. Yes, I'm a Republican, but I'm, I'm governing for all of Californians. And with that in mind, I truly want to see California restored and do well educationally, uh, fiscally, 
uh, just just overall. And so I just think it starts with the conversation. My background is in marketing, so I'm very comfortable going to the projects to speak to folks. I'm also comfortable going into boardrooms and so like I've been in and talking with billionaires and talking with leaders of nonprofits to truly try to foster uh, solutions because my, my deal is this, I deal in completion. I'm not a career politician like a dog chasing his tail. I deal mm-hmm. in completion like an electrician. If he comes to your house, if he leaves your house, you know that he completed his job because your lights are coming on. And so a lot of politicians <laughs> don't exist in that space. Yeah. Uh, they exist uh, just in the perpetual cycle of going in, going in, uh, around and around in a circle and passing a buck, not taking accountability, which is what we see currently now with Governor Gavin Newsom. So it's time for us to deal in completion and also just making sure that you're able to message properly to resonate with the percentage of people that you're coming in contact with. I'm not going to bat 100 percent. No one is. But I will have a longstanding track record to make history because I'm able to bridge the line. Um, um, with so many people based upon what we present and the opportunities and also use leverage. And we're going to call a lot of people out, too. It's going to be fun. <laughs> so so when are you re- running for president? Is that 2024 or 2028? Uh-huh. <laughs> you ain't fooling us, Major. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we know you're in um, your electrician in goal. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I wanted to ask you, Right now, with um, everything going on with BLM and what's going on there, you saw what happened in Minnesota with George Floyd. Uh, how how are you viewing? Um, do you consider BLM a threat at all? I do. Anytime you have a group that's uh, kind of hard set on uh, divisiveness, uh, you know, in in some instances, corruption and uh, and looting and adding more so to the problem versus trying to be a, a part of the solution. Uh, I always see that as a threat because it's a threat in multiple ways. Sometimes it's physical. Uh, sometimes it's on your mental and also spiritual. You know, these are the same folks that are wanting to take God out of the schools, want to not say the Pledge of Allegiance, want to kneel for every single thing, and also only want to, uh, you know, create chaos when it's a, uh, a white cop that kills a black individual. When we know that those statistically, those statistics are very low when it actually happens. And so what is it really about? What is your social equity? What have you provided for the black community? Uh, you've, get, you've gotten millions and millions of dollars funded to that particular program. Ground yet, I can't go into any neighborhood and say, oh, this was built from the funding of BLM uh, to enrich and empower our communities. Like there are no stories or accounts of that happening. And mm. so when I actually have a chance to to look at that, uh, you know, that uh, look at that layout. Uh, to me, it's it's puzzling. So, what is your agenda? What what is your what is your plan? And so, I I do not support the Black Lives Matter organization. I support all people. I support the Black community. Uh, that goes without saying. But I never will see. You never see me siding with the Black Lives agenda. Uh, and you can just, I say that just based upon reading their mission statement. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right. What do you say to, you know, guys like LeBron James? LeBron James just came out this last week and said, I'm, I'll do whatever it takes to help Kami, Kami Harris and uh, Sleepy Biden get get right. um, uh, voted in. But at the same, you know, but at the same time, the Democratic Party, literally, even in this last DNC convention, there were several people who said we need to destroy or deconstruct capitalism, the very system that made LeBron, uh, you know, a billionaire. What do you say to him? Right. Well, honestly, I, I believe it's kind of like, you know, say, for instance, you guys are around each other. And you have this great show. and You guys are like minded individuals. You kind of gel. You have good synergy or whatever. LeBron is around a certain culture of individuals who think very much like himself. Yeah. And so that's what's going to be produced from his mindset. I think at some point, LeBron needs to see real stand-up leadership that can empathize with his story. Me and LeBron have similar stories, not that I'm a rich millionaire basketball player, but the fact that I've worked hard and made good decisions and I work hard every single day and have good work ethic to change the dynamics of my life, my past, for the sake of my family, and I also want to see people around me do well. He's done that particular part of it well. Uh, what he's not understanding, what he's not even acknowledging is that policy. And that was the biggest thing that pushed me over the edge mm. in regards to realiz- realizing that the Democrat Party isn't for me and it hasn't been for me and, and millions and millions of others. And so it's going to take one of those real conversations. I would love to go on one of the shows undisputed and have those one on one conversations, mm-hmm. not even the, the debate. It's time for real grown, grown up 
mature yeah, right. political conversations. Yep. And I, I and I think I, and I think it's possible. He's never seen anyone like me representative on the Republican Party. I'm not who he think uh, the Republicans are as far as the old white man is KKK. Yeah. This is not your grandfather's Republican Party anymore. There's a lot of people just like me out here that are hybrids that truly want to empower people. We're not saying, hey, we're trying to come in and snatch everybody's welfare. We're saying, hey, you're only going to get your welfare with incentives because we will have programs and opportunities set up for you. We want to get you acclimated in a, in a better space, not just rely on relying upon government because the bigger the government the smaller the people yeah the bigger the government the smaller the people and yeah. that's not yep. that's not a part of our values that's and right. we're really here to empower you we want to see you do well we want to see you educated we want to see you have a trade or a skill so when things like this happen you're still valuable in our economy i can always go cut somebody's hair i did it in college for five dollars a head right? <laughs> <laughs> yes sir <laughs> right? yep yeah. Well, I don't know whether to salute you or shake your hand, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, if LeBron James wants a show to come on, he can come on cross politics yeah, and we can have right. that conversation. We'll, we'll, we'll set Williams. up with Major and LeBron. Major yeah. yeah. Majorforgovernor.com. You can see more about Major Williams there and check out his campaign. Major, thank you so much for coming on Cross Politics. Win or lose, we'd love to have you back and and talk about kind of what happened and what's yeah. next for yeah. president. Anyway, more cross politics <laughs> coming up next. Hi, I'm Robert Borton, CEO of Classical Conversations. Our most precious commodity is time. No one has ever lied on their deathbed wishing they had spent more time making money. They all wish they had spent more time creating a legacy. Our modern education system steals that legacy, steals that time from our children. That's why I'm passionate about homeschooling. That's why at Classical Conversations we want to give you more time to create that legacy, follow your passions, and glorify God. Visit classicalconversations.com for more information. There we go. Hey. Hey, have hey. you downloaded this hey. song yet? Tell him to get the instrumental. We're going to use that. Oh, yeah. Least we need that for huh? intro. We have to start a fire. I'll get the instrumental. I'll text him right text now. Text him right now. Yep. <laughs> That's how we do this. Yep. Hey, welcome back to Cross Politic on the one and only Fight Left Feast Network. This is segment three where anything can happen. We don't know. We don't, know. We don't even know what's going to happen. Yeah. Neil doesn't even know what's no. going to happen. And Neil is single. <laughs> also, um, did did you guys did you guys download the app? And and did you sign up for the conference? I have. And did you become a member? I have. Where we're gonna drop that new show with Wiley and Damar? Looking forward to that tomorrow. Ooh, hey, um, you had some more thoughts on Charlottesville? No, I was. In, well, do you have the clip? I, I want to play the clip okay. again. Oh, you, you, you oh, oh, you want to play the clip again? I want to play the clip again. The shot? What, what, okay. Uh, here, don't, don't no, I'll, not ready. I'll, I'll replay it for you. No, no, no. Imagine that's okay. No, we it don't was the night. We don't need it. It was nighttime, and they had torches, and they were coming out of the woods. But just, I just, there were angel people on both sides. Things were bulging. I just want, I, you know, I, let's get back to the, the convention. So, I, okay. this is da, 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 uh, da, 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 What? Da, 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 I want Aaron Wrench back. I want Aaron Wrench back. They get me back into the mood. You know what that's from? No. It's from Hamilton. Okay. The, the, the musical, a thing. Hamlet, it's a, kind of a big thing. Uh, so, and I'm every, a Christian. This, <laughs> I'm a Christian. Yeah. And so basically, every, it's on Disney, they, they, they have this moment oh, that America's fighting yeah. for freedom. It's on Disney. Yeah, it's on Disney. Uh, and so it's even better when you bootleg. I mean, <laughs> I didn't say that. Uh, but they have this moment. It's really great. Okay, they have this what, moment. What is it? Every time the king gets up, they're, they're fighting for freedom and they basically. King have George? King George. Yeah. And it's, it's this, this it's great. Just. Austin. What, what does this mean? This means nothing to me. your friends and family to remind you of my love. And that's basically the. I will the kill your friends and family to remind you oh, of my love. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's like the Democratic like the, Party. Exactly. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting myself in the mood. I'm feeling. Yeah, that. I'm getting myself in the mood. That's like the, Uncle Joe Biden. Yeah. But what I thought what I was thinking about was how many times. Can they continue to say something like Abe was talking about in the first segment? Yeah, this is for and, the children. Vote yeah. for Planned Parenthood. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm noticing. Okay, so the Charlottesville thing. How many times have we talked about that on the show? Oh yeah, we, we played the this. video clips and walked through this yeah. over and over. And we're, we're they know the truth. Right. This is like there's no integrity right. here whatsoever. So no. re re just review no. really so quickly. What did he say? Who are the fine people on both sides? Trump actually clarified and said, "I'm not talking about the ones the who white are supremacists. Here, the, the white, white supremacists. supremacists. And, yeah. right. I'm not and, talking about I'm, the guys on the torches. That's right. I'm talking about the people who came there to protest. Yeah. The yeah. ones who were there. Who had say, a permit? Who, who had a permit? Who, who want the statue? 
statue taken down. The ones who wanted the statue taken down and the ones who didn't Dude, want the those statues. Those are the fine people. Those yeah. are the fine people that he's yeah. like, I'm, and then he goes on again. I'm not talking about. Yeah, right. <laughs> the, yeah. The, yeah. So, and so, for them to t- try and use this and right. weaponize it, right. and this this kind of made me get behind Trump a little more than what I wanted to because when I see somebody bullying yeah. or getting bullied, yeah. this is a bully move. Right. Yeah, so right. they're lying right. on it. They're bearing false witness against. They're well. gaslighting, really. No, no, it's, it's, gaslighting it's, it's, yeah, no, it's you know? full blown lying. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just like it there's is. no excuses at all. Everybody knows, and what they're doing is they're calculating that this will stick. I mean, we even said, there are enough people in the yeah. country that still don't know That's right. or still think that this is you know uh, this the thing. gaslighting. And, but, and this is, and this <laughs> yeah. is what yeah. Biden said. He got into this race because that's what it was that motivated him to see yeah. that the heart of the nation, the heart of, of America, right. was left in the hands of a guy like that. Right. And, and so my question was, if it was a lie, Biden, would you get out? Yeah. Nope. If, if what if what you are hearing, nope. if that was wrong. Then shouldn't you get out because it's not as bad as you thought it was? Mm-hmm. You know, the other thing I, I, I want to oh, talk about. Is there to, another thing? There's another thing. Every time people are talking about race, it, it really drives me a little nuts because they forget, and they, they don't forget when they win an election, say, okay, I got to govern both Republicans and Democrats. Right. But inside of that, you also have to govern a racist. You got to govern people who don't. So what about those guys with torches and bulging and what, veins? What, yeah, what, what about the, the the radical groups that live in your country? Who are either black supremacists or, or white, white supremacists, supremacists. That once you win, you're going to have to govern. Yeah. Are you going to say, okay, it's time for me to go arrest all the, the racist people? Right. What crime did they break? Mm-hmm. No, no, yeah, yeah. Well, what, yeah. What, what crime? Now, listen, if well, they broke a crime, it, if, they, it, it, if they broke a law, right. that was well, a— That's the problem, though, Knox. Is they're, they're making it a law. They're making it a law. Um, yeah. They don't. They don't have any conception of the difference between sins and crimes anymore. Exactly. Right. And, and, and neither do we. No. Neither do we because no, no, we no. want the Re- same. Republicans are falling for it too. We right? want. Yeah. We want. Yes. Exactly. We yeah. want that same thing. That's why the church is falling into. So well, well, you know, we should arrest them. What? Right. What did they well, do? But, but again, I think it's it's one of those. Um, you, hey. keep, you keep bringing up uh, partiality. Right. Partiality. You keep bringing up partiality because they aren't they aren't arresting Antifa. They aren't arresting BLM and all these riots. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you know, there's I mean, nothing consistent it, about it. No, it's super right. super partial in how they're seeing it. Let's go on. Let's see what else he has to say here. This, I think this is where Biden gets into his uh, comments on foreign affairs. Under President Biden, America will not turn a blind eye to Russian bounties on the heads of American soldiers. Oh. Nor will I put up with foreign interference in our most sacred democratic exercise, voting. He's uh, going to arrest Hillary. Uh, yeah, Benghazi. They turned they turn their backs on the troops in Benghazi. Wasn't he in office at that time? Yeah. When, when yeah. they, I mean, the whole thing, I mean, the Democrats, the Democrats were colluding with Russia. Right. Yep. Exactly. That's right. That's right. I can't believe he's. <laughs> like, I, like the very thing he's accusing Trump of yeah, is the yeah. thing that they did on his watch. Right. Yeah. That's right. No. So he's going to stand against that just as well as he did when he was in office. Yeah. Which so, is to say, he's going to be making sure that his son is getting massive checks. Yep. I don't don't forget Fast and Furious either. So Fast and Furious oh, was right. a program where we were providing guns and ammunition to rival gangs over in Mexico, mm. and it came back, and we found out it, it opened up, it exploded because we found one of those guns were involved in a murder of one of our Americans. And, that's and how, that was under Obama's administration? That was under Obama's administration. What was his name? Eric, I can't remember his name. Eric, Gar- Eric uh, there's Attorney General. Um, yeah. Eric, uh, you'll get it. Is it Garner? No. No. That's, oh, no, that's, he's, that's, the, oh, he's the guy in Baltimore. Um, uh, he's the one that said, I'm, I'm Obama's Holder. Right, ring man. Holder. Yeah. I mean, Holder. Yeah, Eric Holder. That's it. He Eric said, Holder. I'm Obama's wingman. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was. Eric Holder. There we go. And he was. Yeah. But, and, they, but they can get away with this. And their federal, their foreign affairs was atrocious. Right. And don't forget, Biden was the same guy. We, he's on TV. He's in an interview saying, "What did he remember? What he did? Oh right, remember yeah. what he did? Was quid it in pro Russia? Quo. Right, quid pro quo? Oh, the whole yeah. thing." And he's and he's like, "Hey, um, we're not going to release these funds to you, yeah, um, unless was it a billion dollars, something like that. Yeah, unless what, what do they have to do in return? It was fires. It was fire. Oh yeah, they had to fire the um, uh, it was a lawyer that Secretary was Secretary of State or something like that of, of Russia." Uh, yep. And remember also uh, another another one here. Ukraine. Obama yeah, signed and a nuclear deal with Iran. Right. And we can just this. keep going on yeah. this. And, and, and actually, yep. I just read an op-ed this last week by Ted Cruz in Newsweek where he actually pointed out that the worst thing about the Iran nuclear deal is actually not the nuke the nukes. Yeah. Right. Right. No, um, it wasn't. Oh, what wow. was included in the fine print of this Iranian billions nu- of dollars nuclear deal was billions of dollars, but also there's a guarantee 
that Iran will be allowed to enter the market for all other military supplies, uh, I think it's 2021. Oh my gosh! Um, it, it's it's coming really really soon, yeah. and, and it's and and that and U.S. Trump, Trump's killed this deal. U.S. Yep. promises not to interfere, and and Iran already is in talks with deals with China and Russia, yep. getting all this other military gear. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, that that was again Obama. Yeah, that's and, under Biden, and Trump's pulled out of it. So Trump has yeah. pulled out of that nuclear. But but, yeah. but Iran is still running with it, and yeah. that's the setup from um, Biden's days. Yeah. So not really trusting any of his words we'll put here. Politics aside. Okay. We'll take the muzzle off our experts. Oh, no more masks. So the public gets the information they need and deserve. Honest, unvarnished truth. Oh. They can handle it. Okay. We'll have a national mandate to wear masks. <laughs> not as a burden, but as a patriotic duty to protect one another. You'll like it. Not as a burden. He, he not, said he said that in the same breath. Yeah. Yeah. No more muzzling. Like we didn't edit that video, did we? No, that, no, no, that's, that's all that's straight. That's not a deep that state video. Hilarious. That's straight. That's not a that's deep straight. State no cuts, unless they cut it when they were. In... Yeah. <laughs> no, no muzzles, but everyone will wear a mask. Not as a burden. The president has no constitutional authority to do this. Right. Zero. No. Yeah, no. Well, unless he's elected. Yeah. Because he's going to figure out. I mean, if, if we elect him. We're asking him to do that. Yeah, but he has no constitutional okay, authority. I know. Period. Here's I know. A, Zero. I know. To be very honest with you, when Democrats say they're going to do something like take away your ability to control and govern your own face, I believe yeah, them. Right. Oh, yeah. But, okay. and, but here's the thing. Is, <laughs> this is what them. makes me so frustrated. Mm-mm. I say frustrated. And mm. all this is that the Republicans have followed suit. I mean, how many governors are telling you to wear a mask? Can't, but yep. you know what how many, how many yep. mayors are telling you, to, yep. Republican mayors, yep. are telling you to wear a mask? Right. I, I don't We're disagree. doing this. Yeah. I'm, I'm fighting just in my own Christian circles. Right. I can't make it out to the governors. Right. We can't even get, can't we can't get, even out. get Christian, Christian right. pastors. Yeah, that's right. I mean, if we're talking about spheres, sovereignty, and roles, and pastors are forcing their own people to wear a face mask? Mm-hmm. No, 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 not give them the option to or not to. No, no, no. no. Saying it's mandatory if you're going to come into worship, right. the living and triune God, which has commanded you to do that. Right. Cover your face. Cover your face up. I yeah. think there's something in the Bible about that. <laughs> I think. I think. I just got a, could be a got verse. A, got a thing in there for Message. you. Uh, and, and, but so we can't even, even amongst, I'm fighting on Facebook with people. And here's what's crazy about all this. It goes back to Joe Biden. The facts are laid out right in front of us that masks don't work. Right. I can sit there and go through all we had right. Dennis Rancourt on. Right. I've gone through and posted all 14 well, of the randomized control studies, yeah. which is the only way to really test if uh, if viruses actually can right. pass mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. A, a mask, a mask mm-hmm. which have been medical masks and, and, and N95 masks, yeah. the, high, the yeah. highest rated ones. Yep. And it still passes through. And people will say, uh, yeah, but have you seen the Wall Street I mean, article? Yeah, and, and CDC. CDC. And well, actually, the CDC says they don't work either. <laughs> and then they say, but we think you should probably do it anyways because it yeah. might help. But, yeah. if, but, but even here, even here. So all the science, I mean, literally until three months ago, yeah. all the science was questioning its helpfulness at all. Yep. And, and, mm-hmm. and strongly suggesting they didn't do anything yep. helpful at all. And then all this, this ma- and even as it's breaking out, everybody says, yep. "Don't do it. It doesn't help. It's just it's only for use in in, yep. in medical use only. Leave them alone, and so on." Right. And then there's this massive reversal. Okay, at the very least, let's say it's we don't know. Okay, okay let, let's give it the best I'll possible play. spin. I'll play, play along. Okay. okay, but that means then you cannot bind people with something you don't know. That's yeah. right. I mean, at best, it's a, okay. We don't know. Yeah. Well, then, then you can't decide. This is actually something I was thinking about asking uh, Major in the interview yeah. about the what he would do as, a, as governor of California. Yeah. But and I think there's a principle here of you can't act on what you don't know. That's mm-hmm. right. And this is this is why. And you can't you can't command people to do things on what you don't know. You can't command people on what you think might be the case. That's right. Right. right? No, that, that that's that, that's not you're not. That's not your sphere. That's not your lane. Yeah. Right. No. Can parents um, make educated guesses and, and do things in a certain way in their family? Yes. Yep. Okay? But these spheres do not have totalitarian powers. Yep. That's right. Based on what might be the case. This right. is why biblical law is so, so liberating. We were talking about this a little bit off camera on Wednesday. Or, uh, were we? Yeah, we were, <laughs> we were talking about positive law and negative law. Oh, we were. And the, the beauty yeah. of, of God's law is that it's negative in, right. in the sense. In the civil realm. In the civil realm. So that right. if it says, thou shall not c- steal. Yeah. 
This is so it limits. <laughs> so back up just a little bit. I want to let's, let's let's clear a little little bit of ground here. Um, so three spheres: family, church, state. state right. Okay. Um, I believe that in the family there actually is a kind of positive absolutely. law. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Me- meaning uh, we've said this before. I think parents and 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 families um, have the God given duty, and, and this applies to health in particular. Absolutely. But I would say they have a kind of. Uh, totalitarian, uh, you know, gracious totalitarian. I, I tell uh, him all the time, this di- is yeah. the dictatorship. Dictatorship <laughs> That's right. in the family. That's right. Now, it, well, define um, positive law real quick. Yeah, That's it, what he's getting to. Yeah, yeah. It, what I mean by that is is that God, there's a kind of um, uh, a positive um, requirement by God that you push um, God's mor- morals yeah. into all the corners. Right. Okay. And if you're not doing that, you're failing as a father and as a mother, That's right. as a husband, as a wife. And the, pars- uh, the par- and the reason for this is because the people people are made by their parents, right? right. They make human beings, yeah. so they teach it, them yeah. how they're supposed to interact yeah. Yeah. with it, other human beings. Okay, but you you have it's a kind of universal in the sense, and it's positive, meaning you have you have a proactive yeah. duty. Yeah. To press the principles okay. into all the corners, okay, okay, and it's and it's not just during certain hours of the day, yeah, right. or in, it's it's all of life. You yeah. know, it's yeah. it's 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 uh, morning to night. You know, right. uh, teach your children um, the law of God when you rise up, when you lie down, yeah. when you go by the yeah. way, when you right. sit down at your table, when you're going to your truck. Yeah, all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Teach God's open the door okay. for your sister. Worldview so, all the time. Take so out the pro- trash. A proactive, proactive. Uh, interaction yeah. with and, your kids and, regarding and, the law. Regarding pro- law. And I yep. think, okay. and, and so, and the church, I think, sort of straddles this in the sense that they are called to disciple the nations yep. and teach the nations everything. What does God require? Yeah. The church answers that question. Nevertheless, I would still say that why I say it straddles this positive negative law thing is I do yep. believe in what we call the regulative principle of worship. Yeah, of course, which is a kind of negative law that's right you may not do anything in worship other than what god has commanded you to do and i would say the church has a pastoral positivity uh-huh. in this positive law in the sense that we preach and teach all of the, the word of god yeah. and we apply it to all of life yeah. but the church does not have um jurisdictional yeah. authority yeah. over everything Okay. okay. So I'm, I'm I'm just thinking of some simple examples. So in my yeah. household, I tell my kids to read their Bible, and yep. if they don't do it, then they get spanked. You know. So okay. I say, hey, go go read your Bible. Go sit on the couch, read your Bible, and okay. if they don't, they okay. get spanked. Yeah, you have um, the authority to do that. The right, I have authority to do that. The church it should disciple people on to read the Bible. They say you need to read your Bible, right? But they can't really excommunicate you for that, right? I, they, yeah, they sh- I don't think they, they should. They should. I, I, no, they should. but I, I there's think, a fruit that comes from that. Yeah, that sure, sure, certainly. To, I'm not denying right, right, that. Right, right. But, that's, no, no, that's, but that, that is a difference, though. That's that a good example of a difference. But this is kind of getting at your balance between, I think, um, uh, a positive and negative. Absolutely. Right. There's some positive ways they that they can the positively teach it. Yep, they can positively encourage it, exhort it, and so on. But the power of the keys given to the church. Um, the, their discipline power of excommunication. Right. Um, you know, they can rebu- still, they, they can they, rebuke and they can be other yeah. things like that. But in terms of actually cutting someone off from the life of the church, it ought to that's be a ten, defined, ten commandment yes, kind of thing. Right. The power in that's that right. sense of authority is still right. negative. Yeah, that's right. It's still Did negative. You do this. They're Did limited you? to right. what they can actually excommunicate for. Right. Um, to the, to the clear law of God, and that's why I say it straddles. They yep. they teach positively, but they, I think they I'm punish negatively. Okay. That's right. Now the civil magistrate is entirely negative. That's right. Okay. They are entirely limited to what they can um they can govern because their job is to punish evildoers, which right. means there's a high threshold. Of proving that a crime has been committed, not just not a sin, right. a crime. Right. Many sins are crimes, but not all sins are crimes. Yeah. Like right. racism, like hatred right. in your heart for your brother, that's a sin. Right. It's something that should be preached against. It's something mm-hmm. that should be disciplined and rebuked mm-hmm. and so forth. But until it actually passes into murder, right. theft, right. vandalism. Mm-hmm. That's a crime that can then be proven and punished right. and, and ought to be is, done biblically. And this is how liberty grows and expands and, and is bold and, and enjoyable is because it's like something like um, thou shalt not bear false witness. Right. Right. So anything that doesn't involve bearing false witness to your neighbor has a liberty of speech. Right. Your speech is open to anything right. that doesn't bear false witness. It's, it's like the Garden of Eden. Right. In the Garden of Eden, there was one no and Millions of yeses. That's right. That's right. That's right. All the other trees were free. Yeah. Yep. Try them out. Yeah. Okay. 
There's one no. That's right. Okay? It's a similar and kind of Adam thing. And Adam and Eve, that hurts. Oh, it does it hurt. hurt. But, but we would have all done the <laughs> same we're thing. We're all there. Yeah, but, absolutely. But the, but the civil government has a very limited scope. That's right. Punish crimes. That's it. Right. Punish evil. Not as, sins. As punish defined, crimes. As defined right. by the word of God. Right. Um, and and we're so far afield from that. Yeah. Um, you know, health and, 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 and welfare of people is a lane assigned to the family. That's right. right. And in certain cases where the family has, you know, there's been a hard providence or whatever, there's not a man, there's been sickness, there's been death and so on. Yeah. The backup plan is the church, First right. Timothy 5. But even there, the backup plan is the church as sort of a springboard, sending them back into the, the family. family. Uh-huh. Get yeah, because the family involved. There's a feedback loop there. Something else is broken. And this <laughs> is because the family is in the best position to do this. Right. God has designed the family to do this. It doesn't mean that it's perfect, right. but it is the best solution to hardship. Because, and and, and I've got to say this again. It's because they make human beings. They make people. <laughs> they make Out of yeah. all the institutions, right. they're the only institution right. that right. actually makes right. human beings. Right. Right. So and, they're responsible for the human beings that they and, make. But what, and what they're trying to do, what Biden did in his speech, actually, you know, you're talking about the niceness, the empathy kind of yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. He talks about his own you know, loss in his own family. Right. Uh, he talks his about son his, died. his dad. He's talking yep. about his son. Uh-huh. He's talking about these things about you know his hurt, and he's and he's trying to make a case subliminally or, or implicitly that therefore I can be trusted to right. be your father. Yep. Yep. I can be trusted. To, we can be trusted to be your family. Yeah. No, that's disobedience to the living God. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You are disobeying the Lord Jesus because yeah. He has not given you that task. Right. The, the, the last thing I know we're at, we're way out of time. No, that's here, okay. But, but, we, but this is it. third segment, and it goes crazy. We just kind of chill, but, and, but I think you know. Christians. I think, bottom line, we learned this from Peter Hitchens at the very beginning. Yeah. He said, yeah. we will not make any progress. We will not win unless we keep like a dog on a bone on the data. We have to. Right. What has happened this year? What, what is right. the virus? What is, I want to commend to you. I shared this on Facebook. I think you guys probably did, I too. Did this too. is from the AmericanMind.org, The COVID Coup by Angelo Cotavilla. 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 And uh, and and he he wrote this article, brilliant article, back in July, guys. This is July seventeenth. Yeah. So this is like a month, a month old. Yeah. Um, and um, <laughs> and he's walking. I mean, it's it's a long article, but it's probably the clearest and most thorough in terms yeah. of basically saying, America, we got, um, yeah, we got had on. We this. got had. Yeah, we got uh-huh. had the yeah. the COVID the time, coup, the best yeah. timeline I've seen out there. And, and with he, the details. he's walking through the whole. Thing and I think we need to stay on these details. And the yes. and the the key thing is, um, we have been had with the data. Yeah. They've been falsifying data from the get go. And I think the media, in particular, has done this, fueled by I think Democrats who want a crisis in order to make Trump look bad. And Trump, I, I think, has say. massively failed to actually fight this. Mm-hmm. I think he rolled over. I mean, I think he started in the beginning thinking this is a scam. And then I think he, he, he trusted the wrong people. He brought the wrong people in well, and he's rolled with it. And I think, well, we have too. he's following, he's following I us know. in some sense. And right? we haven't supported. Right. If Trump would have went out straight forward against this, I think he would have lost the conservatives. I think he would have lost the Republicans. We can't even get churches. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe <laughs> you know? for a little while. But you know what? But that's what a good leader does. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I know. That's you know the thing I mean? is, a good leader doesn't doesn't lead based on which way the wind is blowing. No, this right. is this is north. Let's go. Yeah. Um, right. Initially, this is just a couple of, of data points from uh, from Cotavilla's article, which you can again find at American Mind, uh, the COVID coup. Get it, uh-huh. share he it. He says early on um, the the uh, the initial um, uh, estimates were that the infection fatality rate, what's called the IFR, mm-hmm. uh, would be maybe as as high as five percent. They made this, he claims, on a zero factual basis. It was yeah. a completely imagined fatality rate yep. uh-huh. adopted by ma- by mathematical models from Britain, yep. uh, the Imperial College, uh, and the University of Washington, just a few hours west of us, okay. predicting up to 2 million Americans would die of it. That was based on a 5% infection fatality rate. Right. Okay, What actually happened? What actually happened? What you end up with the actual, um, the actual infection fatality rate ends up being um, point. Two six percent, maybe. Yeah. That's our maybe. best our best estimate now, which is that's just, assuming there's some reliability in the current data that right, we have, which is which is you know pulling through a bunch <laughs> yeah. of a mess of yeah. numbers. But yeah. what we have is, which is again, I would argue, is probably on the high end. 
I think so too. Right. No, but right. we'll take, way lower but, than that. But even going with it, that's yeah. double the flu though. That's double the typical that's dub- flu. That's double typical point two six percent IFR means um, if you actually get infected, which of course is even that's a small percentage. Right. Mm-hmm. Then the fatality rate of that is point two six percent. This is we would have done nothing for a point two six percent. Anything that happened, that, that, flew, that, we would have done nothing. That's exactly right. The, done nothing. It, and so we, we need to keep we need to keep going back um, to this this, this, this number. narrative and this number. Yep, exactly. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and we need to keep pressing, finding out what is the actual infection fatality rate. I think the other one that we talked about with Dr. Rancor was total mortality. Yep. Yeah, all cause, all cause mortality. mortality. All cause mortality because yep. that's telling you what is um, what's excess deaths. Yeah, right. And where you might have something unusual going yeah, on right. and there have been a few places where it's slightly unusual yeah. but you walk the line yeah and this is not an unusual year right yeah if there has been any spike in death i remember him talking about this on the show it's been where they actually followed the cdc and who's yep. uh <laughs> guidelines to put and gather home all the yep. um, uh, elderly together yep. uh and there yeah. they go and, and hot, hot box elderly stuff. people they, they, who are they, most right. vulnerable uh, well here's our here's our encouragement to our audience is you know we got to keep uh, uh, the narrative straight because if you don't understand the narrative you don't understand the truth of what's going on you're going to get pushed around that's, right. that's, that's that's what's happening right. with all our legislators, with all our with you know Governor Abbott out of Texas. They're pushing you around, and and we need to we need to read articles like this, and we need to make sure that we understand the data and what's going on because this is this is twenty twenty. Right. It's crazy, what's and, the, and our duty as Christians is to make sure that we're holding the truth, right. that we're teaching the truth, that we're being good disciples, not only to our families and church, but also to the world. Right. Amen. What's the website again, Pastor? This is AmericanMind.org is the website where it's at. The article is called The COVID Coup by Angelo Cotavilla. I strongly recommend you read it, yeah. meditate on it, marinate it, share it. We'll have it in our show notes, too. Yeah, that's right. yeah, yeah. Let's add it. Uh, remember that God is your father, not Joe Biden or Donald Trump. All right, if you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. October 1st through 3rd at the Fight, Laugh, Feast Conference. Look forward to seeing you. This is Cross Politics. What are those fools doing? Now, when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the walls of Christendom, he was greatly enraged, and he jeered. What are those fools doing? Can they restore all these ruins themselves? Will they sacrifice? Do they think they can finish in a day? Will they revive the charred and shattered stones out of the heaps of rubbish? And the priests of modern decay laughed, saying, If so much as a fox goes up on their wall, he will break down their city. So we built our walls, for the people had a mind to work. And in the ruins of the West, we laid our foundations. From that day on, half of us worked on construction, and half held the spears, shields, bows, and coats of mail. And those who carried burdens were trained to labor on the work with one hand, and hold a weapon to defend it with the other. And all had a sword strapped to their sides, and a tool in their hands. In the ruins, we live, even while we rebuild them. In the ruins, we marry and make love and raise children who raise the walls. In the ruins, we craft wine and raise sanctuaries and barns. In the ruins, we build and we film and we write and we read and we sing and we laugh and play rugby with pumpkins. In the ruins, we raise our hands with swords and shovels and bless the Lord, for the earth is His and all who dwell therein. And each day, by His grace, we are less ruined. Each day our walls and our loves and our songs grow taller. For the city is a living city, and we are living stones. 